Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the DDP. It's the seventh day of August. I'm Paul White. We are in Mark chapter 14. We are at the story of the Lord's Supper. We read about the body and the blood yesterday. Let me let me follow up with one thing as I sat and listened to yesterday's podcast. I thought that I didn't hammer home the point well enough that I made early in the podcast, which was that it was risky for these to participate in what Jesus is offering them. Then I got a little sidetracked in trying to tell you about their covenantal lifestyle. The reason it's risky is because to to accept Jesus' invitation, he's, he's blatantly telling them that he's giving them a covenant. To go into this is to acknowledge that Jesus is God. Otherwise, they're entering into covenant with someone else and they're cheating on their covenant with God. So they either have to look at it like they're leaving God to join this man or this man and God are one. And we know they don't think they're leaving God. So the revelation that Thomas is going to come up with in the Gospel of John when he puts his hand in Jesus' spear-pierced side and says, Oh, my Lord and my God. There's that verbal recognition that Jesus is God. I think it's birthed. Well, it's birthed early. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But maybe it's inaugurated right here. This is the moment. If you're going to reach across and take the body and the blood, you're acknowledging covenant. To enter into this then, to participate in this, is to participate in the covenant of God. So this is why we, we make the offer for you to come to the table. The table, not of the church, but of the Lord. And as, the, as the, the communion prayer says, it's made ready for those who love God, for those who want to love God more. So come you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you and it is God's will that those who want God should meet here. Saints have prayed that prayer forever, for a long, long time in regard to what this ceremony looks like. Let's move on to verse 25 today where Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Now, there are two things that need to be brought out that are often missed here. One, Jesus is guaranteeing them his death. I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine till the day when I drink it new. You would never have, I mean, unless you were taking some ancient Nazarite vow to not drink wine. In this culture, you are not committing yourself to not drinking wine. If you're not going to drink wine, you're dead. So he's predicting the imminence of his own death. By saying, I will drink it new. In the kingdom of God, he's prophesying his resurrection. He's saying, I'm not going to drink it until I drink it new in the kingdom. And yet Jesus has already told them that the kingdom has come. So this is part of that the kingdom has arrived, but I haven't fully arrived in the kingdom. 
This is an important distinction. We talk about, is the kingdom of God here? The answer is yes. Have I fully arrived in the kingdom? Well, not yet. I will fully arrive in the kingdom when I'm born again into the kingdom. When I'm born again of resurrection. That's how I fully arrive in the kingdom. The kingdom has come, but I have not fully come into the kingdom. Jesus says, I'm going to die. This is what he says in effect. I'm going to die and I'm going to fully come into the kingdom of my father and I'm going to drink it new. Here's the interesting thing that's also missed. This is the other thing. When Jesus resurrects, he breaks bread with his disciples repeatedly. He does so at the end of the journey to the road to Emmaus. He breaks bread with them and their eyes are opened. When he finds them in the locked room on the Sunday night after his resurrection, they break bread. And when they break bread, their eyes are opened. When he goes to the beach and he makes breakfast for his disciples, he breaks bread with them. And in those instances, they drink wine and eat bread. How is it that Jesus is drinking wine? Peter, by the way, in the book of Acts says he ate and drank with us. After his resurrection. Drink what? Water? How is it that Jesus tells them, I won't drink this again until I drink it in the kingdom, and then resurrects and starts drinking wine with them? Because Jesus has fully arrived in his kingdom. So this is worth your wrestling with. The kingdom of God has come. But when we say the kingdom of God in its fullness has not come, part of the reason for that is because we have not come into the fullness of his kingdom because we will shed what is of this kingdom and enter into the fullness of what is his kingdom. Now, I personally think that's born again language. Now, we use the phrase born again to mean someone has given their heart to Christ and we do taste of the resurrection. Absolutely. Paul said we walk in a newness of life. But I think the fullness of what Jesus meant to see the kingdom and you're going to have to be born again is you're going to have to step into his death and be resurrected. Whatever that, how do we interpret that? Well, we start that now, but the fullness of it is when we step into the fullness of his kingdom. A lot there, yes. A lot to kick around, yes. When they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so they incorporate worship into their communion. They go out to the Mount of Olives and then there's going to be a prediction of his death in which he's going to reach back into the prophetic language. We'll do that with him tomorrow. God bless.